You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brent S. Wealth. And from Brent S. Wealth in Pretoria, joining me today is Marie Smith. And Marie, these uh, unusual times call for unusual measures, but I think the, the core fundamentals of a personal financial plan uh, remain the same no matter what the conditions are. You sent me a piece which is entitled the following, The Do's and Don'ts of Building Financial Immunity. Immunity, of course, very much in focus at the moment because of COVID-19. But what do you mean by that? I mean, tip number one, for example, treat an emergency fund like a war chest what does that mean yeah um i think during these times it's a lot of people having a lot of uncertainty regarding their job um, and their monthly salaries i think people are realizing um how beneficial an emergency fund could be um because I, I mean if you're struggling to pay your bills or find yourself not able to cover the unexpected expenses um you may benefit from an emergency fund and the emergency fund, it's there to cover an event of, like I said, unexpected financial blows. Um, it can prevent you from going into debt unnecessarily. And it also provides a peace of mind if you lose your job or become too ill to work or to cover a major car home repair. And one important reason um, that I can think of for your emergency fund, um, like I said, is to help you from stop adding to your debt with every financial bump in the road. An emergency fund can help cover the things you don't budget for, like medical costs or car expenses or whatever. Um, So you can use your emergency fund to handle these stressful events and make it easier for you to stay focused and not getting into debt. So what you're saying is that when you put together a financial plan with your financial planner or, or on your own, you have to have something that is specifically called, in your mind anyway, an emergency fund. It's outside of savings, it's outside of investments, it's outside of all different types of asset classes and savings. You have to have something that is called an emergency fund, almost psychologically, in order to, to say, well, now that I have an emergency and this is a rainy day, this could be a rainy day fund. Here it is, and I'm going to use yeah. it. Yes, so an emergency fund can also help you to reach your long-term financial goals as well, because if you're working towards a goal like owning a home or starting a business, your emergency, emergency job can um, fund can stop you from dipping into your savings when unexpected expenses crop up, and this can prevent you from moving backward with these goals. And although you progress forward, it may slow a bit as you rebuild your emergency fund again, you will be able to leave the money that you are saving for for that specific goal. So this is a great way to protect your savings. So I think um, you should think of an emergency fund as an insurance policy against unexpected expenses. Just before we leave that first tip, I'm spending too much time on it, but it's interesting. Uh, What sort of percentage of your, for example, monthly income should you uh, assign to an emergency fund so-called? Well, a lot of experts, um, they suggest doing a three to six months of, um, of your income or your monthly salary to have that saved up as an emergency fund. Okay. So T- three to six months, yeah. Okay, good. Cover all bases when investing is tip number two. You go on to say the following, or the article does. Investing is much more than picking a fund because you like the return and that the fund uh, aims to achieve or has achieved previously. The recent dramatic falls in financial markets highlight how crucial it is to choose funds that match your risk profile and personal circumstances. So it's not just one size fits all, Maurice. Yes, and it's also, um, referring back to the emergency fund, um, 
saving for your specific time horizon. So investing for the short, medium or long term. So investments that are short, medium or long term in nature, um, they each have their own implications and require their own approach to financial planning. There's a world of difference, for example, between saving for your retirement in 40 years and saving for your honeymoon in Bali, for, ex- for okay. example. Um, so, for example, short-term investments, um, usually you look at a one- to two-year time horizon. Um, your goal with a short-term investment, like I said, might be a holiday trip. And one of your biggest primary goals there is to not lose money. And that's why some financial advisors would tell you that for this time horizon, a savings account or a money market or even an income fund, which is also a low-risk investment um, and can potentially give you better returns, is an appropriate investment for that type of um, horizon if you're looking at that. And then we can go on to medium and long-term, but each has its own specific goals and type of investment that you would look at given the investment time horizon. Tip number three, keep a cool head during market crossfires. I talk about this so often. You know, people are very tempted to listen to radio programs and podcasts and watch watch television and listen to people at dinner parties and that sort of thing. Well, you're not allowed to have a dinner party anymore. But when they do come back, everyone's going to give you some sort of opinion. Just don't listen to them. I mean, occasionally, of course, you have to take take cognizance, Marisa, of what is going on. For example, the recent oil price collapse. You've got to keep an eye on that sort of thing. and that doesn't mean to say you're going to panic, but on the other hand, you have to be aware of it. But generally, just avoid the noise, I think is what you're saying here. Yes, it is important to just keep an open mind of, um, like you say, you can't ignore everything that's going on in the market. Sometimes there are changes that do require you to react on them. Um, but during these times, I think most a lot of people, um, they make the wrong decisions or they emotional decisions because of loss aversion. Um, And that is a powerful concept in behavioral finance. And it's been proven that (laughs) investors um, do feel the pain of loss um, twice as strongly than the pleasure of gain. So unfortunately, this theory is proven true time and time again during market corrections, such as we are currently experiencing. And if you're unable to stomach these significant losses, many investors panic and switch from their growth investments to cash, thereby um, realizing that paper loss, that would have only been a paper loss until that point. So some important observations just to keep in mind um, during these times is bear markets are often deep, but importantly, they are most of the time short. Um, Bull markets take longer to play out, again, giving the rise of a overused phrase, bull markets climb a wall of worry. Mm. But importantly, bull markets more than reward those investors that stay invested. And then lastly, um, the recovery from the bear market is often very swift. And anyone sitting on the sidelines is unlikely to benefit from those recoveries. If they're sitting in cash because market timing, you can't get that right. Mm, let's hope uh, this uh, current phase that we're going through is uh, just a brief moment in time. Tip number four, go global to grow your wealth and mitigate local market and currency risk. So important at the moment. The JSC has been horrible compared to other emerging markets mm. and also developed markets. The RAND has been horrible. Um, so it's very simple. Diversify by going overseas with the legal means at your disposal. 
Yeah, so exactly. Given current conditions, um, I think it's natural to wonder whether the risk abroad justify investing money outside our borders or whether there truly are diversification benefits to doing so. But in some ways, it's nat- natural. It's an unpredictable world and investors worry about market volatility both at home and abroad. And moreover, in investing um, as in sports or other areas of your life, People often exhibit familiarity bias. Um, We're inclined to believe in and root for the things that we know best. While this is human nature, um, home country bias limits an investor's universe of available opportunities. And worse, it may not be prudent given the nature of today's global markets to only um, stay invested in South Africa. Um, A lot of the time you get the, um, the argument that, okay, but the Businesses listed on the JC, they generate more than 50% of their profits out of South of South Africa. So then people ask, why should they move funds offshore? And the short answer is that it's impossible to avoid international exposure in today's globally interconnected economy. And it's exactly the same in the US. And nearly half of the revenues of US companies in S&P 500 come from overseas. And... More than half of the world's market capitalization now lies outside of the United States. So that's just two countries given global exposure to not only um, that geographical space where that business is located, but global diversification. And that's because everything is so interconnected. Number five, it says here, continue saving for your retirement and avoid becoming conservative too early. In other words, there's this sort of misconception that as you get older, you've got to sort of withdraw into your shell a little bit and uh, just put put your money into money markets and something conservative and and low risk um, uh, bonds and that sort of thing. But in fact, as you're getting older, maybe you should be maintaining your risk level or heaven forbid, maybe even increasing it a bit. Yes, that's um, usually a very big misconception, thinking that when you're close to retirement, no, you have to go to cash or go more conservatively. And if you're currently close to retirement, um, the impact of concerns over this coronavirus on local and international stock markets may have you concerned about preserving your savings. Um, But then again, what should you do? And it goes back to don't panic (laughs) and do some research because thankfully, Pension fund investments are highly regulated and investment managers have to keep your investments well diversified and avoid risk of all the eggs in one basket scenario. Um, For example, pension funds would only be invested up to a maximum of 75% in equities with 30% of that possibly being invested offshore. Um, And therefore, with the recent decline in the value of the RAND against the US dollar, that part of the portfolio could easily have gone up very nicely. So that is 30% most probably in offshore equities. Um, so very risky, but just having that hedge against the RAND um, put your portfolio in a better position. Um, so if you're only going to go cash and not using that portion, I think you'll lose out a lot. Um, but luckily in our environment, local cash and bonds are yielding above 7 and 8% very easily. And with inflation near 4%, that means a 3% real growth rate for very little investment risk. And that could be a real sleep easy option for retirees at this point in time if they're not comfortable with market risk. Very good. Final tip. This is easy. 
this is always what I end on, actually. Partner with a financial advisor. <laughs> and you say the following. It says in, one of the sentences is as follows. And I can relate this to myself as well. It says here, a financial advisor can help you draw up a monthly budget. I can't do that. Set financial goals. I can't set goals. Determine how much investment risk you can take. I can't. I, I can't determine that. Identify which funds and products may be suitable for your needs. I can't work out what's suitable for me. Save tax. Don't know what that is. And do estate planning. Again, I don't know what <laughs> it is. So I'm your classic partner with a financial advisor client for you, Maurice. Yes. Um, at Brentist, we know the importance of making the right investment choices. So we also know the value of seeking independent professional advice. And if you're at all uncertain as to which is the right investment for you, um, you should talk to a financial advisor because good advice from an experienced professional helps you to create a financial plan that is realistic and your advisor will also assess your financial goals, investment timeframe, tolerance, all those stuff and monitor monitor these over time. And in addition, it uh, advisor just provides guide, guidance in times of market downturns and personal financial stress and ensuring that your plan is tailored for your changing needs and circumstances and um, that's a very important aspect. Very good. Very important chat and some great tips there. Thank you so much, Maurice. That's Maurice Smith from Brenthurst Wealth in Pretoria. And that was It's My Money. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.